It is. The sign on our marquee coming in says looking for a breakthrough. And each time I I speak on Wednesday nights at any rate, I like to do an exercise where y'all participate in this. Are y'all willing to do that again tonight? Uh, if you don't want to talk, I give you permission not to talk. But I'll go ahead and give you the question I want to you to talk with each other about. We're one third of this year a breakthrough into 2019. How's it going for you? And I think a good topic of conversation at the end of this talk would be what kind of breakthrough are you looking for in your own life? We're one third of this year already done. Have you made any progress in seeing breakthrough in your own personal walk with Jesus Christ? Because we are a church, a follow-up question to that. And this is something y'all are going to be discussing. Y'all give that answers to that. Uh, another follow-up question to that is, we are a family church. What do you, what are you looking for in the way of a breakthrough in this church? You're a part of this. You do realize that, right? You're going to be a part of this breakthrough. If we have a breakthrough in 2019, y'all are going to be part of the breakthrough. Do you do you agree with that? Amen. I'm glad, Terry. Thank you. <laughs> and and so I mean, these questions are not going to be sprung upon you like you don't know. And I give you permission if you don't want to talk, you don't have to talk. But I think it really would be good. I think this kind of stuff is beneficial for discipleship. And just not only positioning with clarity where we are right now, but where are we wanting to go as we take our journey in steps with Christ? I will share a personal breakthrough in my own life, a major breakthrough. It's already occurred in 2019 for me. And I shared it, part of it. The last time I spoke, it comes from John 17, the Lord's Prayer. John, are y'all cold? It's freezing. <laughs> I see y'all covered up back there. <laughs> I, maybe it's because there's this kind of sparse crowd here that we got all this cool air to move around. We need bodies here. I agree with that, too. That's a breakthrough I'd like to see. Let's fill this place up on Wednesday night. Would you agree? That'd be good. Uh, but taking taking the unity, Steve talked last Wednesday. How many were here last Wednesday? Good. Steve, that was a good message on purify. Uh, you know, God uses, I was telling Steve after that service, I said, you know, I, I thought sure he would have talked about the refining fire that purifies. It does. Uh, I, I, the fires I've gone through were not comfortable. But I praise God that he's refining me, that purify me, 
And the breakthrough I'm see, I've, I've seen in my own life, my wife and I have been married 54 years, and I saw something that I think God showed me about the union of oneness that we can have with God. And I mentioned this the last time I spoke, but I've got another revelation to go along with this. Out of John 17, Jesus is praying, I do not ask for these only, but for also for those who will believe in me through their word that they may be that they may all be one just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they may also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one, even as we are one. I in them, and you in me, that they may become perfectly one. I was going to say hallelujah to that. Perfectly one so that the world may know that you sent me and loved them even as you loved me. And the equation that I, I really do think God showed me this was if you were to try to put a formula, a mathematical formula, this oneness, and some of you have remembered this, would be one plus one equals one. My friend, if you get this kind of a revelation through what Jesus did indeed pray, it will really revolutionize your life. It was a breakthrough for me personally to see that. And I do think that God showed me this formula. In the aspect of husband and wife, God showed me a new depth to that in a similar mathematical equation because in God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, in the covenant of a marriage, this is the formula. Three. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, plus two, the husband and the wife, equals one. That's been my breakthrough this year. We've been married 54 years. In the last month, I don't know how to put this in words, 
It's like a honeymoon. I'm serious. I'm really, I, I cannot express the love of touching her and her touching me and the feeling of being one, really one, three. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, plus two. It's between a husband and a wife equals three plus two equals one. Oh, my friend, I don't know how long some of you have been married, and I know some have gone through divorce or some, some have gone through singleness. There's even a gift of singleness. But I know it's God's intention for us to really find that one. And it involves a leaving family, cleaving to one another, and becoming one in that relationship of three plus two equals one. I mean, it's like rockets exploding for me. I'm 54 years married, but this has become so real. It's revolutionized both Marty and myself. Ask her. Uh, I'm happy. <laughs> I'm really happy. And I just pray that you get just a glimpse of the reality of this for your own, your own family. Your own, because this is what God did, desires. He prayed for this. He did. And in that prayer, in that prayer, I mentioned Psalm 139, where, where David talks about how your eyes, in Psalm 139, verse 16, in the English Standard Version, your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. And as Pastor preached Sunday about who are you, God has this book, and this book, your days were numbered in this book. Do you, you do agree with that, don't you? Our picture, or your picture of what a book is like may be different from what the Hebrew word here mentions book. Um, the only other place that book is mentioned in Hebrew is in Psalm 58, 56, verse 8, where he says, You have kept count of my tossings, Put my tears in your bottle. Are they not in your book? And again, this picture of our emotions, that God cares about each and every one of us, and our tears. Some are tears of grief. Others are tears of joy. And I don't know where I read this years ago. But I read that there's a difference in the chemical composure 
of tears of joy compared to tears of grief. In tears of grief, toxins literally are being expelled from our body through the gift of tears. Tears of joy or tears of happiness don't have that same chemical compound. But isn't that interesting how God could use tears and would say he would bottle them up? And what that means is he's storing each one, every single hurt you've ever gone through, every single joy that brought you tears of joy. God has them in a bottle. He collects them. He keeps memory of them. And some of the things of grief we overcome because in crying our hearts out before God, what does he do? He puts the healing balm of Gilead upon our hearts, upon our souls. He knows how to put the broken heart back together. He knows how to put those pieces back on the tears of joy. That's what he wants us to experience in the worst of circumstances that we might be, be in. Tears of joy, of knowing I'm his, and he is mine, and he's never going to leave you or forsake you. He's not going to abandon you in any way, ever. We sing a song, and my wife and I, I'm, I'm, I'm not being trying to be critical of this song, but I want to tell you something. When we sing, we, he, we've never failed me yet. I get upset every time we say yet. I want to say, he's never failed me, Period. He's never failed me, and he never will. He's never failed me. I just can't say that yet, because I know there's not yet. It never will come. Uh, I don't want to get off track. That was a little aside. But anyway, talking about those um, words in Hebrew, if you translate, first of all, let me tell you the Hebrew word. The Hebrew word, if strongs, is Hebrew uh, H5612 in the Strong's Concordance is Sefer, is scroll. Say that, Sefer. Sefer. Uh, it's used 184 times in the Old Testament, and it's translated scroll. A scroll is so different from the way we picture a book. A scroll is rolled up. I'll get into describing a little bit of what that means of how your life, your days, as it says in here, were written, every one of them, in this scroll, the days were, that were formed for you and for me, when they were yet none of them. Uh, in the New Testament, if you were to translate Sefer into Greek, one time in Revelation, it's picturing the end of days. And it says here in Revelation 6, verse 14, the sky vanished like a scroll that is being rolled up, and every mountain and island was removed from its place. That is Strong's G975. It's Biblion. Say that, Biblion. It's where we get our word Bible. Uh, But again, this book, as we view Biblion, book in our day and age, we picture a book with several pages in it, 
And if you like to read, many of us like to go to the end of the book. I want to tell you, going to the end of the book of Revelation, it really satisfies me to know it's going to work out okay. <laughs> it's really going to work out. God's got this under control. But the scroll in Hebrew is a rolled up parchment. In, in God's book, the picture is not pages, but a scroll. So many times we get caught up in linear thinking. You know, we think of history as being this line. And God is not caught up in this line. He oversees, he can see the past just like it was today. He can see the future just like it is today. And it's not that he's predestining you, that you can't change anything. God, he said, I love the whole world. The whole world he desires to come to him. He gives us that free will to choose him. But he already knows who will and who won't. Because why? Because he's God. He'd be less God if he didn't know. That's not saying he predetermines this beforehand. He just simply knows it's going to be because he already knows it. In, in Psalm 139, it says, before even a day was written, uh, God knows it. But in his book of days is a scroll of days, if you can picture it that way. He has the days that are rolled up in this scroll. The scroll holds the word of God. The scroll also holds the will of God. And the scroll holds the plans of God. How does this scroll reveal his word, his will, and his plan? How does God reveal this to us? It can, and you need to hear this, it can be only revealed as the scroll is unrolled. We can only see what's inside the scroll as it unrolls. So rather than getting caught up in linear thinking, getting caught up in these cycles of God, the scroll of God, as it unrolls, we begin to see the picture and reality of where we are in our walk with God. The breakthrough comes when you're able to focus and picture yourself right in the present. I wish someone would say amen. You will be able to see this right when you are focusing in your presence with God in the present tense, in his presence. Amen? can only see the fullness of God's plans for you as in life as they also unroll, as they unfold, as the scroll, just as it unrolls, you're in this. I'm in this with you. As a church family, we're in this together as it unrolls. And that's why I was saying this is day 128. We're one-third of the way through 2019, how is the breakthrough working for our church? How is the breakthrough working in your own life, 
in your own walk? Have you even considered it in this first third of the year? Have you even seen any significant breakthrough in your own life, in the church life, in the first third of this year? Because if we're going to see it, we have to have eyes that are open. I don't want to drift through 2019 and get to the end of it and say, well, shoot, I missed it. That's easy to do, isn't it? To just simply drift through. And God's not wanting any of us to do that. He wants you to be aware, and he wants you to be alert. Watch for it. Watch for it. You can only see the fullness of God's plans for your life as they unfold, as the scroll unrolls. Unlike books, unlike books, with a scroll, you can skip ahead. You can't skip ahead to a future section. You can't, you can't do it. God doesn't allow it. He doesn't permit it. And neither would it really be good for you to be able to skip over in the scroll and push it ahead because you haven't gotten there yet. Your days, those future days are not here yet. And a lot of anxiety, some of you really need to hear this, a lot of anxiety is caused from focusing on the future and what may or may not happen. And I've been told about 99% of what we fear might happen in the future never happens. No wonder Jesus said, why are you worrying? We just saying, God, Jehovah Jireh, he's my provider. So regardless of what you go through in this life, God's going to be there for you providing for you in that future day whatever you need. And he wants you to have the faith and the trust and the strength and the perseverance to hold on in this time, in the presence, with both feet on your ground, standing and saying, I believe. I believe. Everything has to unroll in its order. There is an order. There's also getting caught up in our own ways, in our the thinking of the world. As Pastor mentioned Sunday about the enemy of our soul wanting to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus comes to give life and life abundantly. But there is also disorder. Just turn the TV on just about any news program, you'll see plenty of disorder. Uh, In fact, uh, I regret to say in many churches you'll also see that same disorder. When we try to be politically correct, instead of standing for the truth, holding the light of the gospel as high as we can, that it will illuminate the people around us to be drawn to that light, to come out of the darkness and experience the freedom of love of God in their life, that's what we need to be doing in these days. We're living in the days of Elijah. And because we're living in the days of Elijah, we need some Elijahs. We need some people that will stand up and say, I believe, even if it means standing up to 400 people who don't believe. Let's make a test. If you're you're God's God, serve him. But look, 
serve our God if he's God. He's God. And I will, I'm, not, I'm trying not to be political in this, but I'm grateful that we've got a president who wants to believe in God. I'm grateful that we've got a president who wants to say, Merry Christmas. We went through several years where we couldn't even say that. Now get off there. So with your life, you can never be shown all that lies ahead of you. You wouldn't understand it. You wouldn't be able to deal with it. Everything must unfold in its order. And God does have an order. And I'm glad that on our journey of breakthrough in 2019, we're taking the steps in God's order. We're following the lead of our pastor. And we're following the lead of the Holy Spirit to draw closer to Him. Every message, every message that I have heard from this pulpit talks about you can know this if you choose to. You're in a place where you can not only know it, but you can you can be associated with people who believe it. And we're waiting, we're waiting to see this breakthrough is coming. Everything must unfold in its order, in its place and time. What lies ahead of the scroll is already written down. That's what I love about this and this awesome plan that God has for us in our breakthrough. The breakthrough that we've been praying from the beginning of this year is already written down. It's finished. God's plan for your life are already written and finished. That should satisfy your heart again. You should rest in that of knowing that God's going to equip me with grace and mercy. And I just I put a verse somewhere that I wanted to read. It was um, in Hebrews 4, verse 16. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Mercy is receiving everything he wants us to receive that we don't deserve at all. None of us in here deserve mercy. But God is merciful. Grace, on the other hand, and I hope some of you really hear this, Grace is something you deserve. Grace, God's grace, is not withheld from any of his children. It's your possession. It's, it's power, resurrection power, to live life as it ought to be lived. Grace is something that God wants to impart to every single believer, and they deserve it because they're his son or they're his daughter. He doesn't withhold grace. Neither does he withhold mercy. But mercy is the forgiveness of everything we've done that separated us from God. None of us actually deserve that. Jesus died. His death 
gave the price, that gave us this mercy that we can approach God, as Hebrews talks about. Let us then with confidence, let us with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Is your experience at this one little past one-third of the year, 2019, the year breakthrough, is your life, would you say, as a time of need? There's grace and mercy. We need to approach God's throne confidently. We're going to get this. We're going to go through this. We're going to go through it together. And you're going to be alert and aware of how it's going to take place in your own life. Everything in this scroll is connected from the very beginning all the way to the end. That's why I think that when we do get into eternity, that is hard to get your arms around, friend. But when we do get into this eternity, it will take an eternity to rediscover each one of the members of God's household, not only to hear their story, but so they can hear yours. Because this is a family that God's putting together. And the joy of eternity will be in knowing how these connections are made, of not only actually personally talking to each one of these members of the family, but them talking to you and you relating your story to them. It will take an eternity to, and and even going through eternity, we will never get to the part where we know everything there is to know about God. Isn't that phenomenal? Another thing that I look forward to is even 15 minutes without the devil's presence. That is going to be a tremendous wake-up call. Hey, we've gone through 15 minutes without him around. It feels good. And we're just getting started. Eternity is there. And we walk through that never, never, never to ever experience evil ever again. That is your future. It's in the scroll. It's already finished. It's already written down. It's for us to live it. So with God's plan for your life, you don't see all that lies ahead, that which hasn't been yet revealed. The part you do see in the present foreshadows what lies ahead and leads directly to what is yet to be revealed. The key, and if you wanted to write this down, you could write this down, the key. Live in every present moment of your life in the fullness of God's will that is available. I'll read that one more time. This is the key. Live your life in every present moment in the fullness of God's will. 
you're not going to mess up like that. It's a good walk. You'll be stronger. You will mature. You will grow up. And we will be a family. Live each moment by the Word of God. And it will lead you to the appointed will and destiny waiting to be revealed. In your unrolled scroll of your days, walk it out. And in closing, I just want to share one verse that has transformed my life and the breakthrough in so many ways. In Philippians 3.10, in the Amplified, in the Classic, they've somehow revised that Amplified version. And uh, so it's a little bit different in the modern. There's an Amplified version that's been revised. This is the classic Amplified. Philippians 3.10, Paul's writing, and he says, My determined purpose is to know him. That I may know him and that I may progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with him. Perceiving, recognizing, and understanding the wonders of his person more strongly and more clearly. That I may in the same way come to know the power outflowing from his resurrection, which it exerts over believers, and that I may so share in his sufferings as to be continually transformed in spirit into his likeness, even to his death in the hope. That's my determined purpose. That's my breakthrough. And I hope you experience yours. I hope we experience the breakthrough in our church that God has destined for us in the scroll of days. So I'm going to give you 10 minutes. It's 7.51.